Welcome to the CPHI online podcast series. My name is Lucy Chard. I'm the digital editor for CPHI online. This month, we have a podcast on novel excipients. We're aiming to explain the importance and intricacies of developing excipients. And then we go into a bit more depth regarding the excipient market, how this differs globally, what tactics different companies are now using to gain ground and push the field forward to be able to develop more innovative drug delivery systems. Lubrizol are a pioneer in the novel excipient development space, so they can give a deep level of insight into the field as it stands and the trends to look out for in the future. So joining me today is Nick DeFranco, MEM, who is the Global Market Manager for Novel Pharmaceutical Excipients at Lubrizol Life Science. In his role, Nick leads the strategy, marketing and business development efforts for Lubrizol's solubility enhancement technologies oral-grade Apinovex polymer and injectable-grade Apisolex polymer. He is responsible for product launch and promotion, as well as external partnerships and collaborations for these novel technologies. Since 2017, Nick has held both technical and commercial leadership roles at Lubrizol, spanning oral drug delivery technologies, long-acting implantables and injectables, and CDMO services. Nick holds a BS in Biomedical Engineering and a Master of Engineering and Management degree from Case Western Reserve University. In this episode, Nick also offers some insights into the development of regulation around excipients and how this can lead to safer outcomes for the patient. As this can be such a complicated topic, it was really great to have Nick on the podcast to give such an expert overview. So we go straight ahead. So Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. So what do you consider when selecting an excipient and how do you assess them for the correct functionality and compatibility? Well, thanks, Lucy, for having me on today. I'll just say that here at Lubrizol, we know from our 40 plus years of experience in the excipients industry that formulators lean heavily on precedence of use and personal experience when it comes to selecting excipients. However, we also know that traditional excipients, those that have been used in approved drug products for many years, aren't always up to the task. Uh, As more challenging molecules enter the drug pipeline and interest grows in drug repurposing through the 505B2 regulatory pathway, for example, uh, new excipient technologies are needed to bring therapies to market. And when it comes to assessing or evaluating those novel technologies, such as new excipient chemistries, we like to boil down the considerations into three main buckets. Bucket number one is obviously, does it work? Does the technology allow you to meet your target product profile by increasing bioavailability of your drug allowing you to achieve a a higher drug loading, such as with our Apinovex and Aposolex polymers here at Lubrizol? Does it improve stability or shelf life of your product? These are all kind of the key considerations and that first level of consideration when it comes to looking at a a novel technology. Because we know, and really the whole pharma industry knows that if a traditional excipient works, that's the best option. But when they don't and you need somewhere to turn, 
you know, you typically have a specific challenge in mind that you're trying to solve. The second bucket that we consider is around safety and patient centricity. Is the technology safe? Is it patient friendly? Safety and tox data is a given for really any technology in the pharmaceutical space, but we also see the importance of making drugs easier for patients to take. This is a, a key trend across all of pharma right now, and it could be reducing the dosing frequency, lowering the pill burden on a patient, uh, increasing the convenience of a, a dosage form, or minimizing side effects associated with existing marketed formulations. You know, all of this helps improve patient adherence to medication. And although it's maybe not the first thing that is considered when formulating a new API, it's, it's very important to keep in mind. And then the third bucket is around IP protection. You know, as important as the technical considerations are, being able to access background IP patents from an excipient developer to create new formulation IP is an important commercial consideration when developing a new drug product. Novel excipients especially offer a clear route to IP protection, either on their own or in combination with more traditional options to create new synergies through new combinations of excipients. And so, you know, does it work? Is it safe? Does it enable IP protection? These are the key considerations and questions that, that we bring up and look to address with any new technology. And that's really how we've centered our development for our Aponovex and Aposolex polymers here at Lubrizol, developing effective, safe, and IP protected technologies that can enable the next wave of drug development. Yeah, absolutely. It's very there's a lot of elements that come into it. It's a very complicated process, really. It's really, really highly specialized, isn't it? So in the manufacturing of that, such a specialized field, can you speak to some of the manufacturing specific challenges that come with actually commercializing that excipient? You know, when it comes to manufacturing, regulatory topics, quality, uh, I am very fortunate to work for a, a company with a long history in the pharma space. And so you know, we have experts across those areas, quality experts, manufacturing experts, regulatory experts, who can support all of our customer projects and have much more knowledge than me uh, in those areas. But you know, through uh, my experiences working with that multidisciplinary team, I've, I've gathered some fairly good learnings. I can boil it down for the audience here who may not be quality GMP experts. There are probably hundreds, if not thousands, of new pharma technologies developed every year, whether they are novel chemistries or technologies that have been adapted or uh, transferred from other industries. These are new excipients, like what we develop here at Lubrizol. They could be new formulation approaches and technologies, equipment that's either adapted or developed for pharma, or a combination of any of these approaches. But when you look at that wide array of technologies, only a small subset of those options are, are truly suitable for pharmaceutical products and pharmaceutical manufacturing. And really one of the biggest challenges when it comes to bringing a new excipient to market is actually making that leap from benchtop to clinical or commercial scale. 
you know, we are polymer experts here at Lubrizol. We know chemistry. We know how to make molecules, bend molecules to meet different needs. But when it comes to manufacturing a large batch size of a new excipient chemistry, you get all these additional challenges that go far beyond the chemistry, meeting IPEC GMP guidelines. That's International Pharmaceutical Excipients Council and their good manufacturing practices, you know, and all the documentation that comes with that. You know, that is a challenge when you go from working you know, with an R&D setting, being able to make changes on the fly and tweak things to being a much more strict and regulated environment. In addition to that, there's new data that you need, stability data, um, showing that you have tight control over your specifications, reproducibility becomes very important. You know, many technologies that are effective at R&D scale and, and small scale formulations can actually fail to meet these quality and manufacturing requirements, and, and that's the hurdle for getting them to market. To put it in perspective, you know, I'll use the examples from, from our experience with novel excipients, which took two very different paths to market. Our Aponovex polymer, this is a linear polyacrylic acid chemistry that is, is quite similar to our, our well-established carbapole polymers. Aponovex is a solubility enhancer for oral use. Our carbapole polymers have a long history in both the oral and topical space. They are IID listed ingredients. And so because of the similarities between the chemistry families, we were confident in our ability to adapt the manufacturing process and produce a GMP excipient at commercial scale, which we've done multiple times, generate all the documentation that comes with that, and are working towards a full safety tox package. So that was a fairly straightforward path, one that we had a lot of confidence in. When you look at our other novel chemistry family, the Aposolex polymer, this is a polyamino acid-based chemistry intended for solubility enhancement in injectable formulations. It's a, a new chemistry for us, and one that required a significant amount of process development to bring from benchtop to commercial scale. This is a multi-block copolymer you know, that has combinations of different amino acids, and there's a lot that goes into the manufacturing of an excipient like this. And so along the way, we had to make process adjustments, all with the goal of producing a reliable GMP product that would meet quality guidelines. It was a very different path from what we took with the Aponovex polymer, but one that also leaned very heavily on that quality and manufacturing expertise from the acrylic, polyacrylic acid chemistry background that we have. And so, you know, there's some shared resources that we were able to use across the two families, but, you know, having that expertise and experience was really the key for us to bring two novel excipient families to market in the past two years. It's been a lot of resources, it's time, it's challenge, but it's one that we felt equipped to take on. Mm. That's brilliant. It's a really interesting process. And I imagine because you you want a highly optimized product at the end of the line. So you won't don't want to make things and then have to go back and it's not, you know, it's not quite right. So I imagine you look that looking at that data is a very continuous process throughout the whole manufacturing process, checking back and 
and making those tweaks throughout the whole process. And uh, yeah, like you say, this must take like a very diverse team in terms of their skills and then to know what to do with all that. And yeah, no, it's a very interesting process. Yeah. And something that we've learned in going through this process is how important it is to be a partner in the development of, of these chemistries, right? You know, a lot of chemistries that are off the shelf that have been supplied for many years, you can go, you can pick out a material with a very set specification, something that you've bought you know, for decades now, it's very consistent. As we bring these novel excipients to market and as we learn where they're most effective, what APIs they work best with, and we have these conversations with customers, we've, we've seen the importance of you know, bringing their inputs into the process to make sure what we get out the other end, it's not just reliable and reproducible, but meets their needs, right? Um, is effective and, and goes back to that first bucket of the novel technology considerations. And so it's a really a back and forth um, that I've been fortunate to be a part of and that you know I've been fortunate to be supported by the rest of our team here. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, there's another element in, I mean, you're speaking to the the end users to to find what's the the most optimal product, but there's going to be considerations around regulation in that as well. So, how do you go about gaining approval for novel excipients then? Yeah, this is um, a very interesting topic in our field, and I'm sure a lot of people that tuned into this are curious to get information around the regulatory pathway. A lot of people in pharma know this today, but you know, some don't. There isn't a pathway today for the review of novel excipient chemistries, specifically. Information around novel excipients is only reviewed as part of drug product filings today, which has created a, a bit of a catch-22 in our industry. Formulators want to use excipients with presence in drug products, but excipients need drug products to gain that presence of use. And so yeah, it's difficult, it's been difficult uh, in the past to bring new options to market. However, in the past few years, spurred by some of these growing challenges and the drug pipeline pressure from industry, FDA has showed a renewed interest in encouraging novel excipient development. This has been a very exciting development for us and really the pharma industry as a whole, you know, in 2022, FDA actually launched uh, the Prime program, which uh, was intended to allow excipient manufacturers to obtain FDA review of certain novel excipients, you know, inactive ingredients that were either modifications of existing products, new chemistries altogether, prior to their use in drug formulations. And the goal of the program is to foster development of novel excipients that may be useful in scenarios where excipient manufacturers and drug developers have cited difficulties uh, with existing options. It's a very important program because it shows a shift in the way that FDA views novel excipients. Traditionally, FDA has, has said that excipient approval, quote unquote approval, is is always in the context of use, right? You, you don't really get approval for an excipient standalone. It's part of the larger drug product filing. 
And we understand the importance of putting excipients in context of use, but we also believe that there's a middle ground here where excipients can be brought to agencies like FDA for review and approval for a specific route of administration, at least to receive a preliminary safety review. And getting that backing, having that pathway to have FDA input and review, it would make it a lot easier for companies like Lubrizol to get buy-in from our pharmaceutical partners. These companies are already taking on significant risk, right? We know that 95% of drugs fail either in R&D and clinic before they ever get to market. And so adding a novel excipient onto that risk profile is often too much, right? It, it's the risk to reward benefit is just not there for these, these companies. But regulatory agencies have an opportunity here to encourage innovation by creating this pathway for review and helping to de-risk novel technologies. While we at Lubrizol are not in the prime pilot program with our novel excipients yet, we are leveraging the recommendations from that program in developing our safety tox packages for the Aponovex and Aposolex polymers. And we're hopeful that FDA will see value in this pilot program and move it into a full implementation phase for everyone to access. Having the opportunity to interact with FDA will not only reduce risk, but also help guide our efforts to bring these safe, effective new tools to the pharma market. So we've already seen some benefits, but you know, we think there's opportunity for it to become a, a more broader program that that everyone can access, not just Lubrizol, but anyone who wants to bring new innovations in pharma. Mm. Yeah, and that's really interesting that you talk about it was like the partnering and the relationship between companies such as Lubrizol who are producing the excipients and also drug companies that are that need to partner with companies such as yourself and the risk involved in that because it would be infinitely beneficial for them to have a recognizable safety like guarantee on that. It would make those partnerships so much easier to to develop. So you talked to a little bit about like the safety and quality concerns around all of these and the challenges around around developing excipients and using excipients. Could you go into those a little bit more and sort of talk about how the impact that that has? Yeah, especially from um, a regulatory context, right? This is an added layer of complexity. The current guidance around safety evaluations for novel excipients is nebulous, expensive, and outdated, right? The last recommendations were published back in 1995, and there's been significant advances in how we at Lubrizol and the industry as a whole evaluate safety and risk since then. I mean, our Aponovex polymer is a, a great example of this. It's a novel excipient, but it's essentially a tweak, a modification of our well-established chemistry platform in polyacrylic acid. By taking our traditional cross-linked polyacrylic acid chemistry for pharmaceutical use and developing a grade that's a linear polyacrylic acid, we discovered a technology that could be used for solubility enhancement that enables very high drug loading, as high as 80% in amorphous solid dispersion, and does so with just a, a small change in a, a well-established pharmaceutical 
chemistry family. So, you know, it should be a, a small leap essentially to get something like that to market. But today there's really no way to expedite the review and approval of a small tweak like the Apinovex polymer. And so that's where some of the, the gray area and the spectrum of different novelty can kind of come into play. Novel is not a, a black and white term, right? And there's, a, there's plenty of gray area. And patient safety is number one priority, but only having one path to market that requires a multi-million dollar investment with really no promise of return, that's a challenge that can really hinder some of these easy wins for pharmaceutical innovation. Using the novel excipient review pathway as an opportunity for dialogue and feedback would ensure that safety and tox evaluations were done rationally, right? Making the best use of resources and time to bring more tools to formulators, to lean on decades of excipient knowledge and safety and tox data to really speed up the process of bringing new options to market. Yeah, it's just a constant feedback loop, really, isn't it? There's, it's all this safety data and profiles and, and working with all of that just to yeah, constantly feed into the process to make sure it's the best that it can be. So you talk a little bit about how uh, Lubrizol has developed some of their platforms. Could you also go into some of the other current trends in excipient research, such as nanotechnology-enabled and liposomal drug delivery systems? Sure. Yeah, it, it's an exciting time to be in the excipient and formulation space. Obviously, the liposomal technologies have been in the spotlight for the past several years due to their key role in bringing COVID vaccines to market. And, you know, those technologies have definitely dominated news, headlines, but small molecule technologies, where we spend most of our time here at Lubrizol, still comprise the bulk of the drug pipeline. And there are huge needs there around solubility and bioavailability enhancement. Anyone who works in pharma development or manufacturing knows the statistics that 40% of marketed products suffer from poor solubility, anywhere from 70 to as much as 90% of, of pipeline molecules are BCS class two, class four. And so, you know, this is an area where we see significant opportunity for, for innovation. And while there are many technologies uh, in the pipeline to address this need, it goes back to some of our earlier conversation around considering how these technologies will scale. Right? At Lubrizol, we believe that excipient technologies can make a significant impact by leveraging existing scalable manufacturing techniques to introduce new features and capabilities. This can take the form of a novel excipient like Aponovex or Aposolex polymer, as we've discussed, but we're also seeing renewed interest in excipient synergies, right? Combining different chemistries through mixtures or co-process formats uh, to overcome challenges associated with drug loading, release profiles, uh, solubility, and by putting more effort and consideration into excipient selection and evaluation, we believe that many formulation challenges can actually be addressed without significant changes to production lines and really introduce you know, new technologies and new options for meeting your TPP without having to completely change the way you work, the way you formulate, the way you manufacture products. 
And so, you know, when we talk about trends, while the new technologies are, are certainly exciting and are going to drive a lot of innovation, you know, we see a, actually a great opportunity to put excipients into the spotlight to focus on how do we get more functionality out of the ingredients, the inactive ingredients that we're working with, and then use those in conjunction with streamlined manufacturing to make drug product development manufacturing more efficient, more effective, and help serve some of these more complex molecules that are in the pipeline and hopefully coming to market in coming years. There's so much research being done in the area and it's going to be really interesting to see how how it develops how do you see then a bit more generally speaking how do you see the the market developing globally with excipients in the coming years what trends do you think we'll see in the future yeah I, you know i said it once i'll say it again it's it's an exciting time to be in the excipient world I, I genuinely believe that the potential of new review pathway for novel excipients gives us a lot of hope that more innovative tools will come to market, giving formulators options when, when dealing with challenging new classes of APIs. I mean, we have seen tremendous industry response to the launch of the Aponovex and Aposolex polymers. We've sampled numerous customers. We've won formulation awards for bringing new technologies to market from you know, key uh, industry players such as CPHI. And that feedback, that response has been a big motivator and drive to, to keep working in this, in this space because novel excipients, it's a long pathway, right? Even with novel review and some of these recent changes in how regulatory agencies and industry are, are interacting, we still know we have a long journey generate all the safety data, to scale up our technologies, to find partners who want to work with something new. And so, you know, it's been a great start to our journey. We're excited by the feedback and, and we're hopeful that it will continue in the coming years. And, you know, while growth in technologies like biologics are still commanding a lot of the headlines, we see our tools and tools of others who are working in the small molecule space as playing a major role in driving next generation drug products, right? As drug discovery efforts become more and more productive and interest in drug repurposing through 505B2 products continues to rise, the excipients industry has to match that growth with new options, right? To get these pipeline molecules to market, improve therapeutic options for patients and kind of continue to, to rescue drugs that otherwise might not make it out of, out of clinic, out of the pipeline. Um, at, at Lubrizol, we're contributing to this growth with the launch of the novel excipients, the Aponovex and Aposolex polymers for solubility enhancement. But this is really just the first step towards what we see as a, a new era for excipients. Mm. Do you find that it's quite a competitive space? Is it quite a competitive market? And is that do you find that inhibitive or do you find that a good way of developing partnerships to drive drug discovery, drive innovation, like you've mentioned? Yeah, excipients, it's, um, it's, an, it's an interesting part of the, the pharma space because many of the big excipient players are large specialty chemical companies that have these specialized groups that focus on pharma, right? And so 
you know, when it comes to competitiveness and the, the structure of the market, there are several, you know, I would say, big players who, you know, kind of command most of the excipient space, right? Reliable suppliers that, you know, pharma companies have counted on for many years. And, you know, because of the conservative nature of our industry, you know, that's a huge factor in selecting excipients is someone that you can count on to get you reliable supply and, and kind of meet your needs on the excipient side without, you know, much concern or consideration where we see kind of an opportunity to change the structure of our, our spaces, you know, in using our experience here at Lubrizol, our background in the excipients industry to help get some of these more nascent technologies out of just small labs and small incubators and into an environment and arena where they can scale and come to market. And so great example is our, our Aposolex technology, which we actually in-licensed from a, a developer. We took this chemistry that was very effective at Benchtop, very effective in R&D, saw that it was a very promising technology and really decided to take on the responsibility of scaling that up, manufacturing a GMP, distributing it to the global pharmaceutical market, and you know, kind of bring that more of that partnership, right? Uh, use our skills and expertise as a well-established excipient supplier to foster innovation in our space. I think that is going to be a big driver across the board, right? Companies like ourselves and others looking for some of those more nascent technologies and kind of lending that that helping hand when it comes to all the secondary considerations beyond the chemistry to help get these to a broader audience and get them into drug products. Yeah, thank you so much, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. We're really happy to be in this position to be able to use our our experience to bring new technologies to market. And if there's really anyone out there that is struggling with solubility, bioavailability challenges, we encourage you to reach out, learn more about the technologies, and really be in a position to use those technologies when the need arises. You know, we are, are very intellectually generous here at Lubrizol, so we'll be happy to talk to you, discuss what you're dealing with in, in your pipeline, take you through you know, what we're doing to try and address those needs and, and hopefully somewhere down the line, uh, we can work with you to bring some new products to market. Thanks again to Nick for joining me on this episode. Being able to give such a clear explanation of the current excipient market, including Lubrizol's own innovative products, as well as how further legislation can help shape the future of drug discovery and development and to form key partnerships in the industry was especially informative from Nick there. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you want to see more content from CPHR Online around excipients and drug development and more, please visit cphronline.com and remember to sign up to the CPHR Online newsletter. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the CPHI podcast series. For pharmaceutical news, webinars, events and more, visit cphionline.com. Music